Good day, everyone. Welcome to our podcast today. We're continuing in our wonderful series on chemicals of concern. I am joined today by um, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Amy Cadora. Hello, Amy. Hello. Uh, so today's episode is all about the ugly truth about dust. Are you ready? If you're eating your lunch right now, you may want to set it aside and wait until we're done because we have some uh, interesting facts to share with you, things that uh, are eye-openers um, but are, have a little bit of the ick factor. So let's get started. We know that um, you are busy right now presenting the Safe Haven Five at your parties and having fun and great success with that. And it really is true that those five products can take care of I don't know, up to about 90% of the cleaning jobs. And together, they create such a great solution for radically reducing chemicals in anyone's home. It's really our mission in action, if you think of it that way. So one of the problems, though, is that dust that builds up in every day in our homes um, is, is something that a lot of people don't realize the impact on. And we know that one of those products in the Safe Haven 5 set um, has, is a great solution for that. I know I don't even need to say it. You're sitting out there, of course, it's the dusting mitt. Um, and we're also gonna talk about the mop in a little bit as well, because that has a great impact on what, takes up, um, what it's removing from our floors. So Amy, we all mm -hmm. know that dust bunnies, they're not so cute, but they carry some hidden dangers too, right? You know, they really do. And I, I know that none of us really likes the look of dust on our surfaces, on those special objects we have in our home, um, and certainly not the dust bunnies that accumulate under, you know, hidden under furniture and beds. Um, in fact, I was just, uh, just had pulled out my mop the other day and could not believe the accumulation of dust bunnies that had in, in a short period of a few days accumulated. Um, a lot of dog hair, I think for sure there. But you know, it, in addition to not looking really good, it's also not good for our families either because there are chemicals, um, even organisms that are essentially hiding in those dust bunnies and that coat of dust that we don't like to see. So when people know that dust doesn't just look bad, that it's actually bad for families and for our health, they kind of want a solution that makes the chore of dusting easier, um, longer lasting, so you don't have to do it as often, and definitely more affordable, you know, like, and I think the dusting mitt is the perfect solution for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like you, I really like to dig into the facts. And um, here's a few that I want to share that I just find amazing. The National Cleaning Institute surveyed U.S. adults last year to learn their attitudes about cleaning, okay? And you'll like, you'll like this one, those listeners out there, because uh, this is one I could see Sharon at a party. So they're top three, okay? Can you guess what they are? All right, on average, people spend about six hours a week cleaning. No surprise, it's seven for parents. Um, you know, you're- I wonder why, what do you think? That extra hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids, you know, they, they, they tend to bring such joy and such clutter and dirt into our exactly, lives. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and ground in Cheerios on the floor. <laughs> um, so 
the, here are the top two. So when um, they did this survey, the top two least favorite chores, drum roll, da 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 da, cleaning the bathroom and the kitchen. But guess what came in at number three? Mm. The third least favorite cleaning job, dusting. So compared to dusting, people would rather do laundry, dishes, sweep, even mop the floor. Uh, I think it's that it's it's that never-ending job, right? We know that exactly, all yeah. we need is the Norwex dusting mitt because it not only makes it easy to dust, but the results last longer too. It's that saving time. So no one and no one likes to look at a dusty home. You always notice that when you when you have uh, friends and family over, right? That's when all of a sudden the, the dust comes to light for some reason. But the impact. Um, in terms of our health impact of all that dust is also something that I don't think people realize. Mm -hmm. So, um, so buckle up if you <laughs> don't know some of this information, but Amy, go ahead. And can you tell us what's hiding in our dust? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I, I agree. Buckle up is probably the, the right phrase here. Um, well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about where dust is coming from and then about what it may actually contain. So dust in your home contains uh, matter that's both from inside your home and also outside your home. And in fact, some studies have shown that about 60% of the matter is actually coming from outside the home. So uh, somehow it's getting in, probably we're bringing a lot of it in, um, and it could even be open doors and windows are bringing it in. So what what does it contain? This is where it gets a little funky. You're talking about mm, hair and skin from people and also from your pets. That's kind of what I think I saw in my dust bunnies a few days ago. Um, it can contain really small fibers from your clothes or even your furniture. Um, it can be little bits of dirt and sand, pollen, of course. Right now we're going into spring, so you're probably going to see a lot more pollen being brought inside. That a lot of that comes into the home because you see it all over everything. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Um, but what you may not be thinking about are things like bacteria, fungi, viruses. They, these are all things also that can be attached to dust. Um, and even to really gross us out here at lunchtime in Dallas, um, insect remains. So as an insect dies off, the remains kind of break up and that becomes part of your dust. And actually, you just, you just think about walking through your home, you're kind of kicking up the dust on the floor on a consistent basis. And I think one of the easiest ways to demonstrate this is with a, with a sunbeam coming in through the window, you can see so much so many particles, dust particles, no matter how clean you've, you've made your home. So you know that that dust is in there on a pretty consistent basis. Now, another one that is kind of gross too is that dust mites can also be part of that dust. And dust mites are very, very small. They're actually about, um, well, they're less than one-tenth the size of an ant. And um, really, the dust mites entire world is the dust in your home. The dust mites actually feed on dead skin flakes. And I've actually read that each mite can create about 20 droppings a day as they're eating your dead skin flakes. So if you think about that, doing some very quick math, 
a square yard of carpet can contain up to a thousand dust mites. And of course, that's the same carpet you may be laying on or your kids may be laying on watching TV or doing homework. So um, probably won't be doing that again after this podcast. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can see anybody who's sitting on a carpet right now just <laughs> slowly getting yeah. up. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, and speaking of getting up, I mean, if you're going to move around, that actually disturbs the dust mites and their droppings. And that can make them airborne um, actually for as long as 30 minutes. And when they're airborne, of course, they can then be inhaled by us. And if you have an allergy to dust mites, it can obviously trigger those allergic reactions. So if that doesn't sound unpleasant enough, these unique microbial communities that are in our dust are actually surrounded by chemicals. So you've got kind of a one-two punch here. You've got uh, an interesting community around dust that also layered on top of that are some of the potential harmful chemicals that may be in our homes too. So um, chemicals like antibacterials that may be in someone's soap, um, the plasticizing ingredients that are in bottles, and also in so many uh, of our household items that we, we store under the sink, for example. Flame retardants, you know, we talk a lot about these and, and how um, common they are in the home. So many things in our home have flame retardants on them. Well, those flame retardants can then attach to dust. And then if you have non-stick surfaces, um, I'm thinking particularly non-stick cooking pans, when those heat up, they can potentially emit some of the uh, chemicals that are on them, uh, which are called PFOAs, and those can then attach to dust. And then, of course, things that you may be bringing into your home on the bottom of your feet after you're outside, like um, pesticides, other maybe more industrial pollutants, all of that's coming in and attaching to your dust. And what ends up happening is that little dust bunny becomes an ecosystem made out of that mixture of materials that is truly unique for each home, right? It's its own little biosystem. And forensic scientists are really interested in using dust almost like a, a home's DNA to try to identify the source of dust from a particular home. And you know what else? The US EPA has estimated that uh, children consume about 50 milligrams of house dust each day. So if you, maybe in your home, you have a 50 milligram capsule of, of medicine or a, a vitamin, you'll get an idea of how much potential dust they're actually consuming. I think that those are just amazing facts mm -hmm. and things that you don't think about because you don't see them. You know, you see the dust bunny, but you don't really think about what what it's made out of. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know what's in that dust a lot of times. I mean, most people or what harm it may cause specifically to kids in their developing systems. Right. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. There was actually a study from George Washington University and also the Natural Resources Defense Council. And in this study, they identified 45 potentially toxic chemicals in our indoor dust. And the chemicals that were found at the highest level were actually phthalates. And those are the hormone disrupting chemicals. We talked about a lot that you can find in a lot of things in your home, that you can find them in your cosmetics, um, your kids' toys, flooring. Um, the list is really long, uh, unfortunately, about where phthalates may be hiding. And second on the list, 
um, of the highest level of chemicals were, were flame retardants. And also, again, those PFOAs that are used to make nonstick cookware. And, you know, the scientists that were involved in that study said that infants and young children are particularly at risk because of the, um, really the many different ways that they interact with their environment. Uh, you know, especially, of course, putting things in their mouths, things that have been on the floor where the dust is, um, things that have been sitting for a while that, well, they don't have to sit for very long to accumulate dust, and they go right into their mouths. And of course, we've talked about this too, that children um, can absorb more of those chemicals and they can absorb them at a higher rate uh, than we as adults do. And I think as concerning as that is that we don't know the effect of the combinations of those chemicals like those in the dust. And, you know, we just don't know the cumulative impact, particularly on children. So it's really concerning. It is definitely concerning. So I think you have everyone's attention about dust. No one is eating anymore or sitting in their carpet. Uh, <laughs> and so let's, let's move on. So a bunch of microbes and dust mites um, surrounded by chemicals. Um, they're not something that anybody wants in their home, but what are some of the chemicals of concern? I think you've talked about them a little bit, but what else are we really concerned about in the dust that are those chemicals of concern we know have a harmful impact? It's a great question. Um, we can probably just start with antibacterials or they're also known as antimicrobials. And that's really just a nice word for pesticides because that's what they really are. They're designed to kill living things like bacteria. So the antibacterial um, ingredient called triclosan has been found in almost every dust sample that has been tested worldwide. And in addition, it's been detected in the bodies of more than 75% of Americans who were tested. And that was a study that was done by the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And it's a really powerful pesticide that's registered with the EPA. And it's not safe. And it's not effective. And now it's banned in soap products in the US and Canada, which is fantastic news. But even so, triclosan persists in our products and even in children's products like their bibs, toys, and playground equipment. And that's, that's really concerning. So triclosan is also uh, an endocrine disruptor and that sort of disruption can cause changes in the human hormone system. And there's actually been recent studies that have linked higher triclosan exposure to increased sensitivity to allergens. So being a trigger in effect long-term for those allergens and increasing the, um, the prevalence of them. As we talked about just a, a couple of seconds ago, the fact that it persists in the environment means that it can also be toxic to the environment, particularly toxic to um, those organisms that are in the water. Wow, like, like you said, Amy, this harmful chemical has been found in 75% of the dust samples tested. That's incredible. And children are ingesting this stuff. So, okay, what other chemicals of concern can we find in dust? Uh, often, one of the chemicals that's actually tracked in from the outside on our feet is the pesticide chlorpyrifos. And um, this one's particularly concerning because a few years ago, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually objected to the continued use of this pesticide on food. And what they said was, uh, and I'm going to quote this, I wrote it down, is the EPA has no basis to allow continued use 
of chlorpyrifos and its insistence on doing so puts all children at risk. Well, that's a huge statement from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, so why? why are they concerned about it? Well, pesticide exposure during pregnancy can create adverse birth outcomes, which could include preterm uh, babies, it could include low birth weight babies, or even um, congenital abnormalities, uh, or even pediatric cancers. So pretty significant for us. And, and they've even had some studies that have found this association between early pesticide exposure and then neurobehavioral and cognitive defects like lower IQs and attention deficit disorder. And even when we don't use pesticides in and around our homes, again, they can easily transfer into our homes on our shoes, uh, on the food that we bring into our homes from the grocery store, and, and even on pets. And I think what's also worrisome is that they're going to persist in the environment, which has the potential to increase our long-term exposure to the pesticide. Yeah, and all of that, it just seems compounded because we know 60% um, of the traffic coming in is, uh, is what you're bringing in right. and um, it's coming into the home. So those are things that you can't control as mm -hmm. readily, but we do know there's a solution. So using the Norwex dusting mitt to radically reduce dust, it's such an important part of creating a safe haven. And even our entry mat and our mop system help to keep that dust factor way down. Uh -huh. So that's amazing that we have such a great solution for that. But Amy, I'm thinking you're not done. What else is lurking in our dust? Oh, just a little bit more. Um, so on the list also of chemicals you might find in your dust would be the chemical compounds that can be in fragrances. And those can leave residue on your skin. And of course, as you're shedding your skin, those chemicals are going to end up in your dust. And you know, for fragrance, there are more than 3,000 chemicals that can be considered fragrance, and they've not all been tested for safety, and, and often little is known about the result from the, you know, mixing them together um, into a typical commercial fragrance. And dust sprays, I think, are a really great example. And the manufacturer doesn't have to actually disclose the ingredients that make up the fragrance. And when you're spraying into the air, that's actually going to leave potentially volatile organic chemicals in the air you breathe. <clears throat> and it's actually a residue that can attract even more dust into your home. Wow. And, you know, like so many household cleaning products, the manufacturer makes you believe that you need that product and influences um, our habits that make us use it more often. You know, the more you use it, the better it's going to help. Um, but with dust, it's evident that our family's health and well-being can really be at risk by using that. You're absolutely right. And we often say that here at Norwex, that dusting is much more than just cleaning. It really is a health issue that, that everybody needs to be concerned about and working, working to reduce as much as they can. And um, just thinking there's one more substance that can also be in your dust, um, lead. So the requirements for unleaded gasoline and lead-free paint, I think have really made a big difference in our daily or weekly exposure to lead, but those regulations only affected certain classifications of ingredients. So unfortunately, lead poisoning, poisoning is not 
necessarily a problem of the past. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, especially to children. And skin absorption is a significant route for lead poisoning. Um, pediatricians will say there's absolutely no safe level for children in terms of their exposure to lead. And the CDC concluded that even those low levels of lead in blood have been shown to affect IQ and academic achievement. So anything you can do to reduce your family's exposure to lead, including dusting, can make a real difference. And removing dust is a really important part of a healthy home makeover. We know that. And our dusting mitt leaves the surface absolutely clean and free from those residues so it's safe to touch. But what else do we need to know about the Norwex dusting mitt specifically and how it makes dusting easy and more effective? Mm -hmm. No, great question. Um, first and foremost, if you look at the dusting mitt, it has this very deep, long, luxurious pile of microfiber, which is designed specifically to pick up even the smallest particles that are on a surface and, of course, hold them in the cloth. The other really cool thing is that that cloth is electrostatically charged and it will actually attract dust particles just like a magnet as it is being swept across a, a surface. So you can actually increase this electrostatic charge by rubbing the fibers against each other right before you begin dusting. I think it's a great mitt shape, perfect for either hand. I like to use two at once and that makes my dusting go a little bit faster, right? Me too. And then um, there's also backlock technology in the, the dust mitt as well. And to help with the dust that comes from outside, you know, making your dusting mitt damp is going to help you easily clean screens, pollen, pesticides, or even heavy buildup of dust. Like when I get my fans, and I, I, do, I should do them way more often than I do, but I always dampen um, my dust mitt for that. Plus, of course, when you dampen the dust mitt, you're actually going to be... Um, getting uh, backlog started to go, you know, to help you with um, eliminating bacterial odor and mold and mildew from inside the cloth. So after it picks it up, it's able to inactivate it at the bacteria within that cloth. Um, so it's super easy to shake it or brush it out, uh, the excess dust, easy to just pop it in the washing machine, um, being sure to follow the care and use instructions there. And there's really only a couple of no-nos, um, no dusting spray, of course, and then you want to avoid detergents with those fillers or bleach, no fabric softeners and no dryer sheets. And I, you know, one of our mitts will literally last for years following that good use and care uh, of it. And, um, you know, the other one I really like, Susan, is the kids dusting mitt, um, not only for kids, because it forms, of course, good habits really early, but maybe for um, uh, people that have a little bit smaller hand, it's a great option for them too. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I mean, you know, and the whole family can dust. What's right, there you go. <laughs> okay, Amy, as always, it's been such a great uh, pleasure to talk with you and to learn more about the dangers that may be hidden in our dust. Uh, and, and as you said, I think maybe we should not pick lunchtime for some of these topics. <laughs> I think you're right. So hopefully for, for those who are listening out there, uh, it's, a, it's maybe evening or a different time of day and you're taking a nice walk and just taking in some of this amazing information. And as always, this is great education for you. Don't feel like you're going to take all of this and share it at a party, but um, I always like you to leave you with a couple of action items. So I'm going to suggest that you pick just two 
sound bites that you heard that you want to share as you're sharing on um, the dusting mitt and our mop and the exposures to, to dust in our homes. So, um, you know, nobody wants to look at a dusty home. We now know what's in our dust and it's actually uglier than the dust itself. But the good news is Norwex solution will take the dust away without harmful chemicals or residues, which is something I know we're all proud of. So Amy, thank you for being with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I love coming on and chatting. Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone out there, thanks for taking time out of your day and for listening. Have a great one. And until next time, 